listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. One of the twelve, who was called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? They paid him 30 pieces of silver. And from that time on, he looked for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples approached Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time draws near. In your house I shall celebrate the Passover with my disciples. The disciples then did as Jesus had ordered and prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, and while they were eating, he said, Amen, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed at this, they began to say to him one after another, Surely it is not I, Lord. He said in reply, He who has dipped his hand into the dish with me is the one who will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. Then Judas, his betrayer, said in reply, Surely it is not I, Rabbi. He answered, You have said so. The Gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord give you his peace. Welcome. You have a very beautiful day here at Our Lady Shrine. And um, so you're all aware, maybe some of you are not aware, we do have a beautiful rosary garden and a beautiful outdoor way of the cross uh, over on that side of the property. Today would be a really great day to take advantage of those devotions down there and to pray. Um, So this is Holy Week, and uh, I gave a homily on Monday about Mary of Bethany. We had the reading of her anointing the Lord's feet with the perfumed oil, and that complemented yesterday's homily, which was about Judas Iscariot, the betrayer. And then today is Spy Wednesday. It's the day when we have the reading, when Judas has made a deal for the 30 pieces of silver to betray the Lord. And uh, so again, we think about Judas. And uh, so what I'm going to say here today is complementary to what I said uh, the last couple of days, which uh, you can find on the podcast if you want to do some homework. Okay. Um, So this whole thing with the mystery of Judas, the betrayer, um, Over the years, uh, all these years, I've been a priest, 19 years, uh, having to pray and meditate and prepare homilies on Judas. Every year it comes around. And I have to say, uh, I have grown in my appreciation for Judas. And I've grown in my appreciation for the Lord's choice to include Judas in the original 12 apostles. I think that it was a stroke of genius and it's something that's extremely important, particularly for us now. So I'm going to approach a topic which I think most priests we don't like to approach from the pulpit. I wanna talk about scandal in the church. So if you look in the Old Testament, 
So many of those chosen leaders that God chose to use, they were sinful, fallible, weak people. You have stories from Adam to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, and especially to King David. And uh, these were chosen leaders. And if you know those stories, so many graces that God worked through those leaders, and yet they were not perfect. If you look in Matthew and Luke, we have what's known as the genealogies of Jesus, his bloodline, right? And, and there's a whole thing in the Bible. It's part of the Jewish culture, the bloodline, your family. And it is interesting to note that in both Matthew, Matthew's version and Luke's version, uh, there are a number of people in those bloodlines. You, it should be an interesting Bible study to go and track down those names of these characters in Jesus's bloodline. This is the family line that the Messiah comes from. And there are a number of scallywags in there. And, the, you know, there's a couple of what one of his one of the ladies was a prostitute and it's mentioned as the wife of so and so. And and so interesting, huh? And then um, you have the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah. And we're told that he prayed all night. He prayed all night. And then at the end of the night, when the morning came, he chose 12, 12 apostles, those, the, a word which means those who are sent. And what Jesus did with those 12 apostles is amazing. There are so many moments of what Jesus did with the 12 apostles, which is really the foundation of what we believe about the church, about the bishops, the pope, the priesthood, the hierarchical structure of authority and leadership in the church. It all comes from Jesus himself. Whose idea was it? You know, sometimes people would ask, like, all this human institutions, like, no, it's a divine institution. It comes from Jesus himself. Those 12 apostles, he called, he worked with them, he taught them, he gave them authority to minister, you know, to do miracles, to um, minister grace in different ways. What did he say? Whoever receives you, receives me. Whoever hears you, hears me. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose. All this amazing stuff that Jesus said to the 12 apostles. And then they were the ones who were with him at the Last Supper, which is the institution of the priesthood, the sacrament of the priesthood, institution of the Holy Eucharist is what we're doing at every Mass. It all comes from there. And yet, these were imperfect, weak and sinful and fallible people. And in the midst of that, you have Judas, who seems to have stood out. You know, the other ones, you know, had struggles as well, particularly St. Peter, who swore three times he didn't even know who Jesus was, right? And then the cock grows. So St. Peter, the first pope. Um, and you have Jesus talking about going to the cross and St. Peter says to him, I will never allow that. And Jesus calls him Satan in Matthew 16. It's the first time somebody called the pope the Antichrist, okay? <laughs> Jesus. So St. Peter, foot in mouth, St. Peter, okay. Chosen by the Lord. And then Judas, Judas was chosen by Jesus. And I think that's a stroke of genius because throughout history, there would be other Judases. And when we hear about a Judas, when we hear about scandal in the church, when we hear about the sins of a bishop or a priest, we feel scandalized, right? Our Trust in the Lord is damaged. Our faith can become weakened. And that, and on some level, that's natural. But on another level, 
I think it's important for us to say, don't leave Jesus because of Judas. Don't leave Jesus because of Judas. And there, uh, there will always be imperfect people in roles of leadership. That does not change the fact that the church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ, that he offered himself on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Um, yeah, this is really important. Um, I'll tell you, I remember the first time I went to confession after I got ordained to the priesthood. So I can talk about it because I was the one going to confession. Okay. And I'll, you know, I, I didn't do, I never did anything I'd go to jail for. So don't get excited. Okay. But, you know, when I, I remember going to confession after I was ordained to the priesthood and, uh, that confession, to be honest, sounded a lot like the confessions I'd made before I was a priest. You know, and I, I remember the priest saying to me, I guess you're still you. It's like, yeah, I guess so. You know, I guess so. Um, and then we have the example of so many saints, like, for example, St. Francis of Assisi, our dear beloved founder, Holy Father St. Francis. He, he would tell the brothers, if I saw an angel and I saw a sinful priest, I would ignore the angel and kneel to the sinful priest and ask for his blessing because of the dignity of the priesthood, which is separate from the holiness of the priest. Or you think about the example of the famous St. Padre Pio. We have many statues of him here at the shrine. We love St. Padre Pio. And he was a saint. And um, yet, sometimes he would yell at people. A couple of people maybe got a little smack from him. I don't know. Um, but St. Padre Pio, you know, people would be waiting in line to go to confession to him for days. And uh, partially because he had the gift of reading souls. So sometimes if you forgot a sin or you left one out, he would say to you, even though he had no idea who you were, he would say, uh, remember that time? That, 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 that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. And um, but St. Padre Pio would get mad at people because there were all these other priests at his monastery and, and nobody wanted to go to confession to them. So imagine if the. Father Luke is in his confessional over there, you know, and then Padre Pio shows up and he's in the next confession and you all are here waiting to go to confession to him. And uh, I'm sitting in there twiddling my thumbs, right? So the question is, which absolution is better? Which absolution would be, uh, would give you more grace or uh, minister the forgiveness of sins to you? The absolution from St. Padre Pio or the absolution from a priest who was unimpressive and maybe a little rough around the edges. The fact is the absolution is identical. It's identical. You get the exact same grace from both priests there. And isn't that amazing? Isn't that consoling? You know, let, uh, for those of you who have families, like does God only give babies to perfect parents? No, right? You know, the Lord. His love, his mercy, it overflows, and it's even stronger than the weaknesses and sinfulness of people in the church. Um, I, I don't mean to offend anybody who's Mormon by this next comment, but we, we don't believe that we are the church of the Latter-day Saints. We are the church of the present-day sinners, right? <laughs> you know, and so, yes, we should work for reform. Yes, we should work for safe environment in our churches and in our parishes and for our children. And yes, we do need to hold people accountable if they've done something wrong. Yes, 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 yes. So don't mis misunderstand me. But at the end of the day, you know, the fact that we do have scandal in the church, we do have imperfect people, um, including ourselves. Let us have a greater trust in the Lord. 
let us not, don't let our faith be weakened, you know, and say, we're going to chase after an illusion of a perfect church where there's no problems. That's happened throughout history so many times. Like, how many different uh, denominations are there? You know, they just keep breaking off and starting new ones as soon as there's a problem. But no, it's the bride of Christ, it's the body of Christ, it's the family of God, it's the one holy Catholic apostolic church, it's saints and sinners, it's a field hospital for the sick, and it is messy and beautiful. What a grace, huh, to be here. So a stroke of genius that Jesus included Judas in that original 12, because in his divinity he knew that there would be other Judases throughout history and that it would be a temptation to scandal and to want to leave the church. And we know that God can work through, or how do we say it? God can write straight on crooked lines, you know? The crucifixion itself is the greatest example. When Jesus, the risen Jesus, gives breakfast to the apostles on the shore. And he says to Peter three times, while sitting next to a charcoal fire, because it was at a charcoal fire that Peter denied him three times. And the Lord asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Because he is love and mercy itself. It's the same love and mercy that we need, and it's the same love and mercy that we pray will come to everyone. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, The Renewal. Please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media, CFR underscore Franciscans. Thank you.